Hello and a warm welcome to this edition of the Africa Legal Podcast. Today I am joined by two lawyers at the very top of one of Kenya's most prominent law firms, KO Associates. These lawyers are Crispin Odehambo and Stephen Kiptinis. Crispin is managing partner at KO Associates and lead partner in the Projects, Energy and Infrastructure Department, as well as the Corporate and Finance Departments. Crispin is a corporate and projects lawyer with extensive experience in Kenyan, East African and wider African markets. Stephen is the senior partner of the firm, as well as the lead partner in the technology and intellectual property practice. He has over 15 years of experience, having served in both local and international reputable corporate firms and as a legal consultant for various state corporations. He has worked closely with various clients in developing, protecting, promoting and enforcing their intellectual property rights. To this end, Stephen has offered pragmatic advisories on registration of trademarks, patents, industrial designs, database rights, among other IP related issues. So Stephen and Crispin, a very warm welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, guys, listen, let's dive right in. And starting with Stephen, KO Associates was recently named Specialist Law Firm of the Year at the prestigious African Legal Awards. Now, you were up against pretty stiff competition from both local and international law firms. So what do you think made you stand out to the judges so well? Uh, thank you very much. Um, what I am I'm, I'm completely convinced made us stand out is the fact that with the, our approach to practice takes the following um, approach, which is to, to give clients a small law firm feel which connotes personal touch um, so that the client feels that they're getting dedicated and focused attention to their brief. That's one hand. The other side of the coin is making sure in that focused, specialized attention, we have turned that problem up and down sideways to understand not just the problem from our client's perspective, but what are the um, market nuances? What are the competitive nuances? What are the commercial imperatives that revolve around this matter that the client has handed over to us? So it gives us then a very good understanding of what the client needs. So I dare say we try to make sure that we remain as nuanced and as skillful as possible in our craft so that when we engage with a client on a matter, they get the feeling that we have understood their matter as if we were part of the client and are able to give them advisory support that will help them grow their business or move to the next level. That's great to hear. And I, I think the, uh, you know, the approach of positioning yourselves almost as part of the client, you know, making them feel like you are simply an extension of their in-house legal function with all of the, the business and contextual knowledge that goes with it. It's very good to hear because it's that commercial awareness and that business awareness that I really think separates those, those tier one and, and tier two and below law firms. So, so that's a, a, a doff of the cap from me there, Stephen. Uh, moving on to, to Crispin, you and I have previously had many discussions on the need for most African law firms to think internationally 
or at least regionally when it comes to their growth and development. Could you share a little more on why you think it's so important and also how this aligns with KO Law's own strategy and development? Yes, definitely. Uh, So for most clients, one of the big drivers why they want you to think internationally is that they themselves are thinking internationally. They are looking at getting into different markets. They are looking into doing business, doing um, uh, extending their reach. But also you find that, so this is really driven by what we call African MNCs. So we're shifting from um, a period when you had a lot of the North, um, sort of Western Europe, uh, North America, um, and increasingly Asian multinationals moving into Africa. And we are also looking, we are also seeing big development of African-owned MNCs who are moving initially in their nearby countries, the countries which border their home countries, but also increasingly going, um, going Pan-African or even globally. So you think about what um, uh, from Kenya on, we have a lot of companies from Equity Bank, KCB Bank. We have uh, the Safal Group. We have uh, Midco and a number of uh, companies that were originally in Kenya, but they have, uh, they have extended uh, into, into the region, into the whole of Africa. South Africa, you find, have moved into Africa, but now you find them really, really active in, in parts of Europe. If you think about... Um, if you think about the rocket group, uh, uh, you think about uh, multi-choice, and you think about um, all these big South African uh, Pepper Monde who are who are really big in, uh, in in Europe and in Asia. So increasingly, even us as local lawyers have to be able to follow the trajectory of the people that we serve. The second thing is that. Um, the standards have had to be raised because of technology. Technology has made it now possible for clients to demand the same type or the same level of, uh, of, uh, of, of service, of excellence that they are used to in any other market. So there could be no excuse why, for example, a lawyer practicing out of a city in Africa will want to have a lower standard than, um, than, uh, than uh, an international uh, or a, a law firm in, in New York. And this has also been made very possible by what we call the returning, uh, the returning expertise. So all of us have had uh, a chance to, to study, to, to work in, to experience along uh, in other jurisdiction, uh, whether it is in Europe or in America, and we are seeing this with a lot of our colleagues who are now back and have brought back uh, that kind of standard. The last driver is, of course, integration. We have the African continental free trade area, which is built up on the regional uh, initiatives to form common markets within specific regions. And this is going to accelerate. So the benefit or the consumption of international services, including legal services, is being driven 
by those uh, those integration efforts. Thank you. No, thank you, Chris Ben, for some absolutely fantastic insight there. So I think you know three main tiers there. It's uh, driven by client demand. It's uh, realizable through the returning talent of the African diaspora. And, you know, thirdly, we have got this this move towards greater integration between African markets. So very, very interesting to hear. And Stephen, one for you now. KO has long held a position as a leading M&A firm. Now, how has the global COVID crisis impacted this part of the business? I'm hearing from contacts across the continent that both the actual impact and speed at which we were seeing an M&A recovery have positively surprised many. Is this the case in your experience? Thank you for that question. Um, Yes, indeed it is. But having said that, um, when COVID hit, um, and it sort of hit um, the African continent in, in, a, in a later phase than it hit, you know, the sort of northern hemisphere countries. Um, there was an initial scare. There was a pause. There was let's take stock. Are we? Can we? Can we? Can we weather the storm? Uh, what's happening with some of with with some of our M and our M and A clients? Some of the questions they had to go through is. Um, if China is under lockdown and we are getting significant amount of um, supplies or, you know, we order lo- loads of uh, material or infrastructure from, um, from China, then what happens when China goes into lockdown? There's suddenly a delay in the whole transportation chain. Um, and so it immediately led to decisions being made around resourcing that material, that infrastructure from other countries who weren't under lockdown. This has sort of, you know, created redundancies so that even by the time, say, China opened up, um, and and China is, you know, one of the largest suppliers depending on, uh, you know, regardless of the industry you're looking at, really. Uh, But that's just, you know, from a supply chain perspective. But from a growth perspective, as, as Chris was sharing, there's a lot of growth within the region, and a lot of Kenyan companies are growing up and out of Kenya into the region, into other parts of Africa. You know, economies like Ethiopia are opening up. And uh, what what we are seeing is um, local companies, both that are those that are at the top end of the SME level and those that are beyond the SME level, using this opportunity to sort of um, button the hatches down, but still continue with their growth. The idea being to sort of try to minimize, uh, you know, our costings. Let's you know try and get a lot leaner. Uh, but we have seen um, quite an increase around. M&A with local companies. But having said that, we are still getting a lot of foreign companies coming in with M&A intentions, either local companies or regional companies, um, so that there was only a brief slowdown, if you like, you know, sort of speed, a couple of speed bumps. This would be for a couple of weeks at best. And then things started picking up. The, the, the authority, the competition authority is, is seeing similar number of M&A applications to this time last year, besides a brief sort of slowdown around, you know, March, April, April and May. So um, the other thing that has helped, obviously, in terms of moving these transactions forward from a process perspective is, you know, the move to virtual engagements. So even the competition authority now is doing and complete virtual engagements for um, M&A. So I think um, we have not seen sort of the big fear expected 
everything crunching to a grinding halt and where do we go from here? So we've seen a lot of companies sort of taking stock, reorienting, then hopping back on the treadmill and, you know, keep pushing. And so for us, that's, um, that's very telling about, you know, where Africa is. I think it's safe to say that the impact of COVID in Africa hasn't also been as expected, uh, you know, in terms of the projections. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with, um, you know, getting, getting these companies, getting businesses back on track to try and, you know, save, if you like, what's left of, left of the year. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you, Stephen, I, I've woken up feeling good. I've had a cup of coffee, so I've got a very positive hat on. And I, I will say, with that positive hat in mind, let's look at the fact that we've got empirical data showing that there are as many M&A applications going into the Kenyan Competition Authority uh, at this time of year as there were last time of year. And let's really look for a cherry on top here. This global pandemic has driven previously not archaic but under-innovated government departments to look at their processes to move online to actually take steps that ensure there's infrastructure that will allow for a speeding up of M&A registrations and so on in the future. So not only are we looking at a situation where we've avoided the doomsayer body in the street scenario that that many were were talking about with African markets, with Kenya in particular. Um, But we've actually probably put ourselves in a position to drive an increase in in M&A and growth activity as we go into 2021. So I'm I'm here to be proved wrong, and I am not an eternal optimist, but that's my my positivity for, for today. And speaking of positivity, Crispin, You've led in advising the Kenyan government on some of their largest infrastructure projects. Do you see the continuation and expansion of such ambitious schemes as a key factor in offsetting or rebounding from any impact, no matter how small, of the uh, uh, the, the economic impact that COVID is having on the country? Yes. So let me take this uh, in terms of three three strains. So the first is that we cannot lie, COVID has had an an effect and a significant impact. So there has been a bump, it's been a significant bump. And then there's been a realization as we move into quarter four of this year for us, that we got to to get on with life, get on with the the projects that needed to to be gotten on because the shock and the, and the disruption that COVID brought uh, at the end of quarter one and most of quarter two has now sort of, it's not one off, but there's been an acceptance that this is something that uh, things can be worked around. And then the second strand I wanted to say is that, so where we are as a firm, as KO Associates, we are fairly optimistic that it's been a bump, but it can be negotiated. There can it can be maneuvered. Ways can be can be can be found around it. And therefore, just building up on what I said before, you looking at a pan-African approach. Um, a lot of countries will uh, have responded differently than in Africa, and there will be uh, needed uh, responses and activity in different uh, in different countries. Um, 
But in terms of even the region where we, what we have been tracking, we are seeing a lot of regional projects. For example, the, the Uganda Tanzanian oil pipeline, the, the final investment decision was made two months ago, I mean a month ago. And um, so it means that infrastructure being a long term, yeah, a long, a long term horizon kind of uh, deals or kind of investments are well positioned to weather the disruptions of COVID because they cannot then um, uh, be susceptible to this kind of, uh, of, of, of quarter on quarter on disruptions. So they will be, that has proven to be resilient. So what does the Kenyan government, uh, the Kenyan government in terms of the projects that we are involved in or that we are tracking look like? Um, I think that um, the, the, the effort is, is to ramp up uh, rather than slow down. Uh, ramp up rather than slow down in the sense that <clears throat> infrastructure could be a source of medium term growth, medium-term source of employment, especially for people who have been displaced from the more highly impacted sectors of hospitality, tourism, and international travel. So the approach is that we are looking at ICTs, we are looking at infrastructure, we are looking at manufacturing, and we are looking at, um, at, uh, at social services as the immediate uh, areas uh, and agriculture as the immediate areas of growth, even as other areas like hospitality, travel, and tourism will take maybe a year or two to recover. So the approach we are seeing is doubling down, ramping up, and I think that is uh, is, 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 is is quite potent. There is um, we are very excited. Some of the big projects like um, the one of the largest toll road projects in Africa. I just got a uh, commercially closed by a French consortium. Um, we are seeing a lot of movement on the Nairobi metropolitan area, commuter, rail, and bus rapid transit system, which we are involved in. So we are seeing that there is a, a sense that let's double down, let's ramp up this, even as we, we to cushion the effect on the more heavily impacted areas. Well, gents, I think if if COVID wasn't getting in the way of, uh, you know, you donning the board shorts and the sandals and getting on vacation, it sounds like the fact that two of your key uh, departments, M&A, is ramping up and also infrastructure projects are accelerating rather than slowing down. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll... Pop, pop the passports back in the pockets for now, but I am sure there is a well-earned <laughs> break for both of you on the horizon at some point. A, a short but personal question for you both now, um, starting with uh, with Stephen. Uh, what advice would you give to your younger self at the, the, the start of their legal career now that you have many, many more years' experience under your belt? What, what would be your top tips for a, a young Stephen? Very interesting question, but what I would tell myself at the tender age of you know early twenties when I when I when I when I got admitted to the bar and started practicing effectively is number one, it's going to be okay, and and that because there's a lot of 
anxiety around whether indeed you will make it as a lawyer. Um, so first things first, it will be okay. Um, second thing, you need to absolutely become exceedingly good, i.e. specialist um, in your craft. You need to understand the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. At that very early age when what you have is time, what you have is opportunities. Um, I rue certain opportunities I missed out on because I didn't think I had the boldness to go after them. So the third thing I'd tell myself is be bold and forthright. Do not shy back. And I think the final thing um, I would tell myself is start building your network as early as law school, literally. Um, because some of the people that you engage with at that time, um, we and we all have different career paths, but um, people get into different directions, different career opportunities will open up to you at a much earlier phase than I realized was possible. So I think those are sort of the um, <laughs> four things I'd, I'd tell a young se- my young self at the beginning of my legal career. That's great to hear. And Crispin, aside from making sure that you are part of those network building activities that Stephen mentioned to ensure that you you bumped into each other to to found uh, and work together with with Ko, uh, what advice would would you have for a young Crispin? <laughs> Quite interesting. I mean, I, I saw the question and I thought to myself, "Wow, there could be a lot of stuff you could tell your younger self." Uh, one is that you've got to enjoy you got to enjoy the journey more. It's always gonna be all right. I mean, I look back at a couple of when 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 I started, and I think I mentioned you this story. There was a time I I I went and met this 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 really really brilliant lawyer uh, somewhere on Silk Street in London, and I thought I was an imposter, and I was like, wow, this is. This is this is this is incredible. So of course you got to enjoy it, um, and around that you always want to you always want to stay stay hungry, stay stupid, stay learning. You know, you know, keep keep pushing, keep pushing the envelope, keep 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 stupid, keep learning, keep 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 hungry. Um, yeah, and um, and I don't think we when I look back, I don't think sometimes. It's very easy to know it at the beginning of 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 of, uh, of your career journey of, uh, of 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 how you get on that because it looks very it looks very complicated it looks very very hard so to speak you've got a lot of uncertainty um, and that's sort of fear or let's say uh, worry may make you not really enjoy the journey as much as you can but when you look back at over the many years and you think wow. Uh, it's been a hell, a heck of a journey. It's been interesting. It's been um, uh, a few things have been done, some significant, some even more significant. Above all else, has been lots and lots of uh, experiences, lots of lots of good of good times. So ability to just enjoy the journey, uh, learning constantly. That I think is something that if I was to talk to my younger self. That is one of the messages I think I will I will really stress. Lovely insights from you both there, gents. Much appreciated. And a, a closing thought, Stephen, 
What is next on the back of such a big win and exciting developments at the firm? Can you give us any sneak peeks as to strategy over the next few months and years for the firm? Well, you make it sound very mysterious. Um, um, and it, it, isn't, it isn't that mysterious at all, really, because like I said, um, you know, we couldn't have predicted COVID. Um, yet I have a very strong respect for people that I know who are still starting businesses right in the midst of COVID, you know, new businesses, new innovations, because that's what you've got to do. And that's really what we are going to continue doing. Um, after taking stock of where we are, you know, as a firm, trying to ensure that, um, you know, you're, you're ready to, you, you know, you, you can be more lean um, in terms of your operations, in terms of, in terms of your overheads. Um, really, what we will continue doing is to try and build the practice in a way that offers value to our clients, uh, but, but through innovation. Um, I think one of the biggest innovations in legal practice in Kenya has been seen through the virtual court system and where, you know, before, before this year, you couldn't, you couldn't serve anybody through email except through leave of the court. But now literally everything is happening online. That's such a huge innovation, which speaks to what must happen really to any firm that needs to survive. And, and this is not cheap talk because innovation requires you to be deliberate um, to send, um, to, to treat your clients individually so that there's innovation around how you offer your services and how you can continue that value enhancement. So really, um, besides trying to save what's left of the year, um, it is to ensure that, you know, once 2021 comes around, we are, you know, sort of cruising down and trying to get back up to speed, um, you know, but making use of innovation really um, to try and get the best of where, where we're at. And that is a wonderfully positive note to end this episode of the, the Africa Legal Podcast on. So Stephen and Crispin, thank you very much for joining me today. And as always, a very big thank you to all of our listeners. If you are new to the podcast series and would like to peruse and listen to our back catalogue, the entirety of this is available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Now, as always, don't forget to tune into africalegal.com for all the news, views, and insights that improve your life as an African legal professional. So without further ado, I will say I have been Tom Pearson, and this has been the Africa Legal Podcast. <laughs>